Our podcast is about a story about a town, a small town, and the people who live in the town. From a distance, it presents itself like so many other fandom podcasts all over the internet. Nerdy, white, male. Get closer though, and you start to see the silliness underneath. Hello, and welcome to River Do's and River Don'ts. A show about a show about a town. My name's Quinn Wilson. And I'm Rob Sith. In this show, we recap an episode, give you a short summary of the events, tell you our favorite thing about that episode, our River Do, our least favorite thing about the episode, our River Don't, and the thing about that episode which most perplexed us, our weekly weirdness. Which, being real, is one of the things that keeps us coming back. Truly. <laughs> truly. Today, we plumb the depths of Season 1, Chapter 12, Anatomy of a Murder, directed by Rob Seidenglanz, and written by Michael Grassi, or Grassi, who knows? Returning writer. Indeed. So this episode, Jughead's gonna leave town based on everything that happened. He calls his mom, he's gonna move to Toledo. She shuts that down. So he decides that he's gonna skip town, but he has to wait until the morning. FP, who's been arrested, just lays everything out, uh, confesses to everything that he's asked by the sheriff, basically just nodding along and saying, yes, I did that, yes, I did that, through the whole thing. Betty and Alice get a real fright when Hal shows up in the house in the middle of the night trying to destroy evidence. When yes. we learn from Hal that it turns out that old grandpappy Cooper, who was murdered by old grandpappy Blossom, were brothers, thereby making bum, bum, bum. Jason and Polly distal incest which come on like the kind the kind that is both not illegal and also not significantly birth defect risk increasing. yeah and they didn't know they didn't know but i feel sort of like with this whole statutory <laughs> rape thing the show brought this in and touched on this in a way that just really didn't need to happen oedipus this is not no anyway they realized that get really really freaked out take Polly back, Mary commits a federal crime, and <laughs> impersonates FP's lawyer. She does have a law degree, but she has not been hired to represent FP. That's a crime, like, big time. Um, well, I think we see where Archie gets his, uh, his temptations towards the dark side. Oh, yeah. Because obviously, we're on board with the fact that Fred is a fucking paladin, right? Oh, yeah. Like, so Mary's where the bad boy stuff comes from, I Definitely. Think. After this illicit meeting... Mary tells Jughead to go talk to his dad. When he does, FP gives him this big, dark speech about never dealing with him again, which Jughead is able to immediately read as something being significantly wrong. And so that causes Jughead to want to start goes, digging into things. Yeah, he goes out of that thinking, okay, there's something more going mm -hmm. on. That was obviously not really, that's not really what's happening here, which I thought was great. Yep. So... They also follow some leads around the serpents, find one of the guys who was involved with everything that went down the night of Jason's murder, dead in a bathtub. Conveniently OD. Yep. They go try to search out Jason's varsity football jacket, where they find there's a hole in a pocket and there's a thumb drive with the video of his very own murder on it. Yep. The standard feature of varsity jackets, the uh, hidden USB drive with uh, crucial murder. With evidence. your own murder on it? Yeah. I mean, the Oracle visits you upon the granting of your varsity jacket <laughs> I think, and I informs think we you never to watch that. Weird here. 
<laughs> we may be stepping on some weekly weird here, but yes, that is the uh, standard use of a varsity uh-huh. jacket, uh, and and that is why it is classified as a powerful magical item in role playing yeah. game books. Suitable of a plus three bonus at the least. Um. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So <laughs> that's the thing that happens in the episode. They they see that they immediately call Cheryl. Cheryl goes and gives a threatening talk to her dad saying you did something bad and now everybody knows it mm-hmm. um yeah this is after the drag cheryl out to the barn and show her that there is maple syrup there yep and deliver it very very dramatically as though it meant something yes it was an incredibly dramatic scene between penelope and cheryl but lacking ultimately in substance <laughs> full of sound and fury signifying syrup with guest director Tommy Wiseau. Oh, no. That's how that felt to me. That felt like it could have fit very easily into the room. You are tearing me apart, Syrup! (laughs) Um, it was bananas. But it... I did not kill my son. I didn't do it. It's it's bullshit. bullshit. I did did not. not. Oh, hi, Cheryl. Yeah. Oh, hi, Archie. (laughs) Oh, hi, Arch. Uh, Yeah. Oh, God. So... Yeah, I'm never going to unthink after that. (sighs) I mean, who could forget the tasteful shots of Tommy Wiseau's powerful, muscular butt? That's amusing because there's an Orpheus uh, blooper that I just edited, which contrasted Tommy Wiseau versus people possessed of normal human butts. It's like Skeletor's (laughs) face down there. Yeah, you see entirely too much of it, and it's very odd. It's very the strange alien geometries and of his yes. glutes. Um, uh, so he's a lumpy man. He's a lumpy, lumpy guy. That Tommy mm-hmm. Wiseau. Anyway, apparently that's just something that will be mentioned on every podcast that I'm ever <laughs> on. So you're welcome for that world. Then we are revealed that it was Clifford who murdered Jason. Cheryl and Penelope call the police. We learn that FP is not going to be let free because even if Clifford did the killing, he was involved in a lot of accessory crimes. Yeah, he he didn't he did not follow the law, we can say with with certainty. And when the police arrive, they find that old Cliff has committed suicide in the syrup shack. Thus, robbing us of any resolution. Why as to he why, might do this? Why any? Why anything? Fortunately, there is one more episode in the season. Yeah. If this was actually the resolution of the murder plot, I would be done with the show. That would be very, very light. But let's move to our River Dews. Indeed. Mine was alluded to earlier. I did really like that scene where, after talking to FP, Jughead knows his dad he knows that he's a lying sack of shit and he knows him well enough to know when he's trying to call on that and putting on airs enough to lie to jughead about something to protect him and yeah and he can sort of tell it's in character for fp to lie in an attempt to protect exactly and jughead is familiar enough with that act to see it happening and recognize what it is. exactly i thought that that was very masterful in terms of paying off these things that they've established about the characters already. Mm -hmm. That felt very true 
and very believable for both of them. And I thought that that was very, very good. Yeah, and I'm susceptible to any scene between them because honestly, at this point in the show, I think they're like my two favorite characters. Yeah, and they have good chemistry. So Yeah, they do. And they actually super look like father and son, too, as I mentioned yeah. before. No, I was here for that. I Really fortuitous casting. And I was really happy with the way that that helped propel the plot forward. So thumbs up, yeah. big thumbs up. My Riverdue, a runner-up, I would say, for Riverdue, is just the blistering, plot-centric pace of this episode. So much gets explained and discovered and processed, and there's very little bullshit. It almost sort of airs too far on the side of not having as many character moments, but they have wallowed in the drama so much. Oh, I mean, there's a good... You know, for 11 episodes that, like... Having an episode where, like, they are just figuring shit out and getting shit done was actually quite refreshing. It was. And experiencing that pace where the the mystery isn't something happening in the background and, like, poking up for a little cameo at the end of each episode. It's like it is unfolding before our eyes, finally, was pretty cool. Yeah, it felt good to know that all of the questions that were raised <laughs> were not just questions. Yeah, that it wasn't just lost <laughs> i mean obviously it was never aspiring to that level of complexity but they intend on actually telling a fucking story <laughs> yeah which was nice but my four reels four reelsies riverdue was so hard to watch but it was basically jughead's performance throughout this episode is my riverdue but specifically the intolerably sad phone booth scene where because his dad's in so much trouble, he calls his mom to ask if he can stay with her for a while because things are bad. And we kind of only get mostly his side of the conversation. We just kind of just hear that someone's talking and you don't quite make out all of it. And so you see it just play out across Jughead's face that his mom is not interested in him and doesn't want him to come and has her own life and doesn't want to be bothered. And just him putting on the air that it's okay long enough to hang up the phone and break down was very powerful and miserable and super well acted. And I thought sort of a high point of the character drama for the show. Yeah, I mean, I've got goosebumps now that you're talking about it. Big ups to Cole Sprouse. Like that was very, very well pulled off. And to Michael Grassi and or Rob Seidenglanz for deciding to make that other side of the conversation basically just a stand-in. You can tell someone's talking, but the specific words don't matter. Uh, and what matters is watching his reaction, whether that was a directorial decision or if the script literally says that it's inaudible. Yeah, it was... Somebody had a good idea and executed it quite well. Very powerful and keyed in on a lot of the deep and powerful pain and isolation of adolescence, especially when you've got family problems, very well. On the other side of the coin, the side that landed in the poop, is my river don't, which, truthfully, this wasn't so bad. I had to dig a little further than normal to find something unpleasant about this episode. And my river don't is a sort of, almost all near the end of the episode, series of little scenes that are presented by the cinematography and the visual language as very significant and powerful and important and useful to the story but i don't really get what the point is and it's like they're poker facing you like don't think about it i promise this is a scene that makes sense the first one being as we mentioned penelope dragging cheryl out into the barn and saying hey look at this syrup isn't that dramatic 
And then shortly after that, we get when the kids discover the thumb drive with the murder video on it. And like, why the fuck did Archie need to wear the jacket? If you wear a jacket, I can find a hole in the pocket. Huh? Um, Because like, only by wearing the can... jacket can you assume the power of its wielder, thereby learning... <laughs> the ability to summon the thumb drive with your own yeah. death. Except it's not Archie's death. It's still it's still Jason's. You would have to you would have to change the the name embroidered on it. That's how that works, right? Indeed. Yeah. Uh, so that was fucking bizarre. And then the scene leading up to, I mean, Cheryl telling her dad, "You've done a bad thing, and now everyone knows." Was fine. I had no problem with that. What I had a problem with was that they really really told you with the visual storytelling that she was going to murder one or more of her parents in the next scene and then she didn't it wasn't anything like that they just had this super dramatic i have realized the dark depths of this family and i know who's responsible for my twin's death and i'm gonna go get revenge and i don't like you very much and you're in trouble like it was just it was cinematic blue balls and it made no sense to me (laughs) So that's that's my river down is that there was like this series of things that were visually set up to feel way more significant than they actually were. And they didn't really have much substance. I feel that. I feel that. Mine was the drive being in the jacket. Like that was just fair. So incredibly unbelievable. It made no sense at all if that existed with that data on it, and maybe they will answer this question, but maybe not. Why did they preserve that information? Maybe it was leverage, who knows. But why would you keep it in the jacket of the dead kid? Yeah. Uh, I I just can't. If if FP was aware of it, why did he not use it so much earlier? Right? Yeah, just, there there are some questions about that whole thing. It's, uh, It's pretty weird. And not in, like, the charming, perplexing way, just, like... The season plot rests on this absurd coincidence, at least as of yet. Yep. And my weekly weirdness, 110 goddamn percent, was that syrup scene. It was just too much. (laughs) It was so over the top, so glorious. Like I said, it hearkened to the heights of the room to me. Or Nadine Hurley from Twin Peaks, where she's like, I figured it out! Cotton balls! Like... It's the same bizarrely dramatic delivery of something that doesn't make any fucking sense. And like, yeah. Yeah. It was crazy town. And we've covered why that is already sufficiently. So Uh, of course, that's my weekly weird too. Uh, I did have a runner up though, which I'll discuss in place of the obvious winner, which is that Hal Cooper is actually the world's stupidest human being. (laughs) He is. Um, We get an explanation of some of the stuff he's been up to in the season, including that, yes, the absurd deduction that they made earlier that he was the only one who could have possibly stolen the evidence from the sheriff was literally true. But the reason that he stole evidence from a sheriff's house and committed a crime was to he was worried that the investigation was going to get back to the Cooper family and that the fact that the two families are related would have gotten out and the fact that jason and polly were like 58th cousins or whatever would also get out and so in order to divert suspicion he broke into the sheriff's house and stole a bunch of evidence and then like didn't 
dispose of it afterwards or didn't store it somewhere where he wasn't going to be found. I mean, it just the depths of fucking idiocy that this guy displays in that. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> that That's your plan. That That is how you've motivated yourself through this. All right. Uh, actually, the world's dumb. So bad. So bad. Still, a step up from last week. And we kind of just needed to resolve everything more or less so that we can spend an entire next week's episode explaining why everything happened and dealing with some like emotional climaxes yep. just winding it all down we will visit that story in a much deeper and more detailed fashion than that to which we are used on this podcast oh yeah it's going to be blow by blow and it's at some points literally but we'll get to that so that about does it for river do's and river Downs. indeed it does Join us next time for Chapter 13 in All Its Glory, The Sweet Hereafter. Thanks for listening.